0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Are we all going to sleep on the fact that there were riots in Portland last night? Just pretend it didn't happen? I don't think uh, we should be doing such a thing. I think we should take note of it. It seems clear to me that if we're going to talk about violence in America, we should be, well, paying attention to what's happening. Why are we somehow not paying attention to it? Why do we let it go by the wayside when it doesn't help certain sides it's no way to live it's no way to be it's no way to act Tony Katz Tony Katz today 833 got Tony 833-468-8669 and that is the fundamental problem that we see when we take a look at the impeachment proceedings it's the problem that it is so don't get me wrong i get that they're focused on what happened at the capitol but now it's from people who are only focused on what happened to them and could care less about what happened to you that's the problem that's the problem with all of this this is the flip side conversation that if we're going to be people who aggressively address an issue and say, when we utilize this kind of rhetoric, we are helping violence flourish. Well, then we should be opposed to the rhetoric, right? That would be what makes sense that would be the proper conversation. We don't do that. And we have an entire group of people who only want to one side the thing. Remember, not agreeing about it being insurrection does not mean that somehow I'm guilty of an attack or there's blood on my hands. Oh, that's always a good one. That is always a good one. I get I get a fair amount of those and you may very well also. I don't know if I'm uh, different. Maybe I've got more people, you know, who, who, want, to, uh, who want to yell at me for it because <laughs> I got the microphone. But please, you get it as well. I, it, it, very little difference there. As the story goes, writers uh, bre- trying to break down the door of the Portland Police Association last night. According to Portland Police, a protest has developed near North Lombard Street, North Campbell Avenue, where parti- participants have tried to break down the door uh, to the Portland Police Association. We are monitoring the situation. May I just say, when they're trying to break down the door, it's no longer a protest. If it is, well then let's go back to the commentary and the presentation of Delegate Plaskett of the U.S. Virgin Islands, one of the impeachment managers who said specifically and showed video somebody breaking down a door inside the Capitol. That was more proof of the violence, which I agree it was violent. But we're no longer breaking down doors is no longer a big deal. That, that, that's where we're at. There was some vandalism to the building, no arrests made, no force used, no one was injured. Fifteen officers, three sergeants, and one lieutenant pulled from patrol duties to respond to the event. Well, response to an event is very important. But let's talk more about the very idea of language. What are we saying to people? And what is being said that's inciting people to this violence? First. If you tell me that fight like hell is an incitement to violence, I will tell you that you don't get out much. It's not. It's an expression. And no one thinks it means storm the Capitol. It's not what it means. Now, maybe that's what they thought Maxine Waters was talking about. You surround them. You create a crowd around them. Maybe that's what uh, people like Representative uh, Ayanna Pressley and and others meant talking, you know, supporting protesters. Maybe that's what the vice president Kamala Harris meant by supporting uh, bailing people out in Minnesota. These things should matter to us if we want to engage a civil society. The civil society does not mean that we agree with each other. It doesn't even necessarily mean that we like each other you can hate someone in a civil society. Let's make sure we understand terminology very, very well. The civil society is a conversation about whether or not others can exist, right? That's that's the question. It's uh, Edward Schills, The Virtue of Civil Society, a, 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 a worthy read. And I'm actually going to start um, sh- sharing on that and, and really digging in. Shils died in 95. I think, yeah, 95, I think it was. The Civil Society, this is me talking... Mm-hmm. It's not about whether or not you love your neighbor or even like your neighbor. It is about whether or not your neighbor has the right to exist in all the ways existence happens. And one of those ways is freedom of thought. And that also goes to how you would describe your neighbor and whether you would put your neighbor in a basket, a bucket, a what have you. Remember, it was a basket of deplorables from Hillary Clinton? Well, uh, there there is the teardown of the civil society, because within that, what she is doing is the dehumanizing of the people she disagrees with, the otherizing of those people. Now, this came to be uh, really to the fore just last night and into this morning, when Gina Carano of uh, of Mandalorian, uh, you remember from uh, Deadpool, uh, former MMA fighter, she got fired. She got fired for something that she put out on Instagram, political. I'll I'll share that with you. But let's go to something a little more um, recent. Last night into this morning. It was this from Anderson Cooper. Yes, yes, yes. Trust me here. I know what I'm doing. I'm a trained professional. Anderson, I know, because you hear Anderson Cooper, you're like, but you got to hear it. This is him discussing the riots yesterday, and I want you to listen to the comparison he makes.
1: You know, part of it, I think, just based on what you were just saying, I, where it comes to mind. The idea of otherizing people is something I think we saw a lot of over the last four years. I mean, it's something we've seen a lot over the last well, decades. But it's so easy to otherize people, to make people other than, other than American, other than patriotic, other than than human. You know, and we've seen it in Bosnia, we've seen it in Rwanda, where radio was telling people that you know Hutus were telling the radio listeners that Tutsi were cockroaches for you know, getting them ginned up for genocide. Um, And you see it in in these videos where people who claim they are patriots are in the face of a police officer calling him, uh, you know, as we're seeing it right there and, and, you know, gouging out the eye of one, you know, squeezing one in, in, you know, uh, suffocating one in a doorway.
0: When he discusses otherizing and then brings up the Rwanda genocide and doesn't have, there was not a single bit of irony in what he said and i addressed this on newsmax just earlier today the capitol building by that cable news host he said that without an ounce of irony and if you ever want to know what elitism does to the brain watch that clip again and then watch it again and then watch it again. You're talking about the Hutus killing 800,000 people in Rwanda. You're talking about a guy dressed up like a Viking attacking the Capitol. No one is defending the Capitol attack. I certainly am not. It was a riot and I don't defend riots in Portland and Seattle, what took place last night in Portland. I don't defend them in my beloved Indianapolis or in Minneapolis or anywhere else. No one should defend them at the Capitol. But This is a whole different thing. This conversation about otherizing is best summed up by his cohort, Anna Navarro, going after Van Jones, another one of his cohorts, for Van Jones daring to take a photo with Candace Owens. You can insert your feigned gasp of horror right there. You shouldn't take a photo with a conservative because that might humanize them and then people might listen to them. That's what Anna Navarro is saying. That's what they're always saying. And for Anderson Cooper to go down this road and for that somehow he is moral and pious because he thought of an idea and never once questioned the idea is not only despicable but it is the height of irony and it is the proof that the elitists believe they are correct because they believe they're correct. That is absolute fact. I could not have said it better myself. The elitist believes they're correct because they said something and they're by virtue of saying something they must be correct. After all, look at the position they're in. I'm Anderson Cooper. I come from Vanderbilt money and I'm on CNN. I must be correct. I don't have to read Edward Schills. I don't have to go back and understand, for example, economic theory or or conversations uh, uh, of Bastiat or John Locke. I don't have to go through the classics. Oh, the classics. Excellent piece from Rich Lowry of National Review, actually written in the New York Post, about those people across America opposed to the reading of Homer and opposed to, to Greek and Roman history. Why? Because it exalts whiteness as opposed to the unbelievable lessons that these things teach about how to look at your own society and ask tough questions. But the elitist says, oh, the classics, white supremacy. Oh, yes, it's white supremacy. And it goes down the line, and then you lose these people, these great thinkers who have helped form societies in a better way. Can't be denied. People will try to deny it, but some people, uh, you know, they've never read a book. Why should they read a book? They feel things, and that's what matters most. Anderson Cooper injecting the conversation of the Rwandan genocide to the idea of otherizing, and what Trump supporters were doing was just like that, and that's all Trump's fault, is as sick and as twisted as anything we have heard. In any way, comparing the Capitol riot to the Rwandan genocide and getting close is madness. But this otherizing conversation is very real. And in a conversation of otherizing, he is saying that Trump supporters are just like those, the Hutus, who engaged in the, in the, in the genocide of 800,000 Tutsis plus. That's madness. Now, I ask you, once you understand how twisted that is, what possibility is there of civility when this is the conversation piece? And then the follow-up is, let's not call it civility if that becomes a little too esoteric. What about Joe Biden's call to unity? What unity exists when there is somebody saying and nobody disagreeing because, Lord forbid, they have somebody on who looks at Anderson Cooper and says, what the hell are you talking about? Otherizing is bad. And look how Donald Trump got these supporters to act like Rwandan terrorists call them that murderers genocidal maniacs going back to 1994 that's i believe that's the start of the rwandan genocide 1994 how do you have unity at that moment how do you have unity when only one side is looked at riots in portland we just talked about it no it, it barely got a mention it's like it didn't happen Whoop, doesn't exist but it does exist david dorn dead on the streets of st louis exists black women who are shop owners in minneapolis having their businesses destroyed by antifa and black lives matter protesters exist why don't they matter And why, if I note the people who engage in those riots, am I called a bigot or a white supremacist, thus being otherized? Unity is a real difficult road when this is what you get, when this is what you see. But seriously, Anderson Cooper, what the hell are you talking about, man? Dear Lord, you need some friends in your life and maybe a library card. I'm Tony Katz. Impeachment trials continue trials, trial, singular, Tony, singular. There have been two trials, but this one is a trial. It continues apace, Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. It was uh, Representative uh, Diana DeGette. Uh, She is out of Colorado. I think I'm pronouncing her last name right. D-E, capital G-E-T-T-E. She was presenting her part of uh, the uh, proceedings. Let's take it to her right now.
2: Potential, many potentially in an attempt to carry out the plots that I just previewed were arrested in Washington, D.C., including on serious weapons charges. One of those men was Cooey Griffin, the founder of Cowboys for Trump, who took part in the Capitol attack and was also arrested on January 17th. Here's what he said for his, about his plans for violence. You
3: know, you want to say that that was a, a mob? You want to say that was a violence? No, sir. No, ma'am. No, we could have a Second Amendment rally on those same steps that we had that rally yesterday. You know, and if we do, then it's going to be a sad day because there's going to be blood running out of that building. But at the end of the day, you mark my word, we will plant our flag on the desk of Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer.
2: Blood running out of the building, this building, the Capitol, where all of us are right now. Now the name Cooey Griffin may sound familiar because he previously faced controversy for a May 2020 video where he said, quote, the only good Democrat is a dead Democrat. Hear it from him yourself
3: where I've come to the conclusion that the only good Democrat
2: is a dead Democrat. Now, when he said this, President Trump actually retweeted Griffin and thanked him for that sentiment. When Donald Trump retweeted this, He was no stranger to Griffin. In fact, in March 2019, over a year earlier, Griffin and Trump had spoken on the phone for nearly 30 minutes. President Trump's conduct, without a doubt, made it clear that he supported Griffin. In fact, Griffin even said so himself. As Griffin later said about President Trump retweeting his inflammatory comment about the dead Democrats Quote, it really means a lot to me because I know the president of the United States has my back. Remember, this is a man who was here on January 6th, who was arrested after threatening to come back here to make blood come running out of this building.
0: And four years prior, Kathy Griffin took a photo with the severed head of the president of the United States. Your move, Representative. Representative. In New York, they put together plays that showed Donald Trump being assassinated. Snoop Dogg made a video of President Trump dressed as a clown getting shot. Your move. The argument is not whether people engage violent rhetoric or whether or not even President Trump should celebrate those people because we can agree possibly that no, he shouldn't. But none of this brings about the incitement of insurrection. You still don't have it. More to come. I'm Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. So the celebrities got together and they decided what we need to do is push Joe Biden. See, it's not enough to get rid of the uh, Keystone XL. No, 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 no. no. What we need to do is we need to get rid of the Dakota Access Pipeline. It's like, we we need to do what? The Dakota Access Pipeline, it needs to go. It's just the worst. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony, 833-468-8669. Do these people even know what the Dakota Pipeline is? Do they understand what what they're talking about? The answer is I don't know. The Dakota Access Pipeline is 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 the Bakken, right? And the Bakken flows through uh, in in into Illinois, and there's been a back and forth of whether it could be open or whether it can't be open, and the idea that it it come, it cuts across tribal lands, Native Americans. And I can remember when the conversation was big and hot and heavy my answer was if it could be moved 10 feet in some direction maybe it's a mile and not be upsetting in that way i don't think that's the worst thing in the world but note that's a conversation about going forward these people aren't having a conversation about going forward they, and by the way, it's, 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 it's all your people. It's Scarlett Johansson, it's, it's Ryan Reynolds, it's uh, this woke one and that woke one. Dude, you're, you're freaking Deadpool. How about this? I'll curse every four seconds. Everyone will think I'm a fantastic actor and someone will give me millions for it. Then I'll create a gin brand that makes us $620 million, which is exactly what happened with Aviator Gin. Do I trust his detailed analysis of the Dakota Pipeline? Do do I trust mine? I I have to go back and and study. It's a pipeline that moves crude from the Bakken into a refinery in Illinois. I'm in favor of energy independence. I'm in favor of these pipelines and the opportunities they provide all Americans. Never mind that these jobs allow people to do things like go to the movies they never think about that one they never think about that when they don't they don't care right they sit on the coasts and they look at indiana and they look at nebraska and they look at north dakota and they go <laughs> pity shame people have to live there and even if they've never actually said those words it's very arguable that that's the presentation that they put together. I don't think one should dismiss the very concept that there are uh, Indian tribes, Native American tribes, who say this is disruptive, right? I believe it's a Sioux. I don't wanna be disruptive. I wanna figure out how to make it work. But it has to work because That energy independence is remarkably, remarkably important. It's valuable. And to say, well, we can't have any disruption, this is a NIMBY conversation. Do we know what NIMBY is? NIMBY stands for not in my backyard. N-I-M-B-Y, not in my backyard. Oh, we need a new garbage dump. Oh, do we need a new dump? Oh, we need a place to move the garbage. Wait, where do you want to put it? No, 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 that's where I live. You can't put it there. You can't put it. That's my town. You We're going to protest, right? That's usually the way it goes. That's usually the way it goes. So when the usual suspects sign this letter, Alyssa Milano and Leonardo DiCaprio and Marissa Tomei and Joaquin Phoenix, Don Cheadle, Ed Helms, no one here lives near any of this. No one. Now, what's funny is that uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, signed it, the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, who is now engaged to Shailene Woodley. Be careful what you say about Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Okay, I'll be careful what I say about Aaron Rodgers. The man is a god. I, 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 uh, yep, yep, He, he's a god with one Super Bowl. I, uh... I got to ask you about Sh- uh, Shailene Woodley. Am I pronouncing it right? Yeah, she's an actress. Yeah, she's an actress, and they're engaged. And he was with, uh, what, what was her name, Olivia, whatever her name was? He was with Olivia Munn, then he was with Danica Patrick. Right, and now and now he's engaged uh, to a girl who seems significantly long, younger than he is, which is fine. It's like nine seems, years. I, I'm not sure. Um, does anybody get the feeling that she's got a bit of a Yoko vibe? What? No, Why? Ah. Uh, I don't know. What do you know it's, about her? I, very little. It's just a vibe. Of, it's a feel I'm getting. I don't I'm, I don't know, man. I'm getting a bit of Yoko, man. That's that's where I'm at. Tell me I'm wrong. By the way, I couldn't tell you 3 movies that that she's in. Maybe I
4: mean would I know her? Uh Spectacular Now. You ever seen that? No. Nope. Uh She was in the Edward Snowden movie with uh she was just i'm sure you didn't see it all right uh he that's uh joseph Gordon Gordon-Levitt Levitt. yeah she was in that uh she's been in other things all right you know what it,
0: it could just be an initial vibe and my initial vibe is, is completely and, and and totally off i could be 100% wrong got a touch of a yoko vibe right just just saying just a just a just a smidge What's interesting is that she, Woodley, was arrested at a protest of the Dakota Access Pipeline in 2016. So, I mean, if you're willing to go out there and get arrested, okay. V- feel free to knock yourselves out. We urge you to remedy this historic injustice and direct the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers to immediately shut down the illegal... It's not illegal to code access pipeline while the environmental impact statement process is conducted, consistent with the D.C. district court's decision and order. So there have been court orders, and they've also been allowed to continue. Additionally, the U.S. Army Corps must ensure a robust environmental review with significant tribal consultation, tribal consent, and a thorough risk analysis. Translation, it doesn't matter what you say, stop this pipeline from existing. With your leadership, we have a momentous opportunity to protect our water, respect our environmental laws, and the rights of indigenous people. This is our moment. Oh, we're never going to show up there. We won't do movies there because they won't give us the proper tax credits, but we want this. People want jobs and energy independence. Why does it have to be one or the other? This is the failure of Ryan Reynolds. This is the failure of Scarlett Johansson, failure. So let's just say so. You think that it has to be your way or no way. And we think you're nuts. Your disdain for people is remarkable. By the way, wh- has, is there anybody within uh, these, these tribal conversations that is totally fine with the pipelines? I don't know, I'm asking. I'm wondering if they ever asked. They're the ones who signed on to the letter. Did they do any sort of, wait, hold on, introspection? It's the second time I've had to go over this today. Did they even think about it? Oh, no, they thought about how good it would feel to sign the letter. Everyone said, oh, you signed that letter. You're so brave. So, so brave. Please. It's It's not brave. Ryan Reynolds is not. If Ryan Reynolds was brave, he would have signed up for another Green Lantern. That would have been brave. I'm Tony Katz. The impeachment trial of president, former president, Donald Trump continues. Representative David Cicilline of... Uh, Rhode Island is engaged in conversation. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, good to be with you. 833, got Tony, 833 On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Be sure to like the page. Representative Cisline, one of the impeachment managers, trying to make the case. Let's take it to the representative right now. They
1: would ever see their families again. As the rioters breached the Capitol and they were outnumbered and trapped inside, they were calling loved ones to say goodbye. Representative Dan Kildee was one of them. Listen to how he described the impact of the riot on him.
3: I was laying on the floor, uh, trying to, you know, protect myself behind this little wall, and you know, we all took our pins off because we, you know, were, were certain that if uh, this mob were to come in, that that would not be a good thing. They would quickly, easily be able to identify us as members of Congress. Um, and I called my wife and. You know, it wasn't until I heard her voice that I thought, wow, you know, this is like one of those calls you hear about.
1: While well, most coverage is focused on the extreme danger posed to members in the Capitol Police who were targets of this attack, there were lots of other people in the Capitol working on January 6th as well. From personal aides to floor employees, cleaning staff, food service workers, we can't forget all the people that were in harm's way that day. These employees experienced trauma, some coward hiding in places just feet feet away from where this rabid crowd had assembled. Many were just kids, 20-somethings, who came here to work because they believed in their country and they believed in working to make it better. Others were dedicated food and service workers, all who worked incredibly hard to make sure that we can come here and do our jobs. These workers are the lifeblood of the legislative branch. They deserved better. You've already heard from Speaker Pelosi's staff, the staff that was hiding under the conference table, cowering in the dark, making sure that the attackers couldn't hear them. But I'd like to share with you what some other staffers went through. Listen as two staffers recall what they experienced that day.
3: But then we were seeing on Twitter, on our phones, and then uh, and hearing from some of the police officers on the floor that, that you know, the building had been breached. Um, you know, uh, building breached, those were two words I had never heard.
4: That was particularly stressful, being in a room um, close to, to where things are happening and not really knowing what was happening um, and seeing it come in live uh, and getting texts from people, you know, are you okay? And truthfully, I, I didn't know what, what was happening. I heard shots fired, shots fired, shots fired, show me your hands, show me your hands. Then I did not know if they were right outside. If they were lots of people with weapons, if there were one shooter, if they had, you know, I didn't know what it looked like. I just knew that there were shots fired um, outside of the House chamber.
1: According to reports, one Republican Senate staffer whose office was not far from the floor, quote, took a steel rod and barricaded his door as the rioters banged on his door trying to break in. The New York Times also reported that a senior black staffer who was under lockdown for six hours during the insurrection was so disturbed about these events that she quit her job. Another staffer who was on the floor of the House that day described what happened on January 6th still echoes in his mind. Listen to him describe the moments just before this indelible image.
3: I heard glass break, and I could see the the window panes on the house uh, main door start to pop. And I figured that, you know, obviously, I knew they were at the door, and they, and they figured out a way to break the glass. And um, and the last thing I remember before I walked off the floor was uh, uh, several of the police officers had drawn their guns and had their guns trained on the door. You know, clearly, that was... I didn't think there was anything else I could do, and, and I didn't want to be there for whatever was about to occur. So I got to the top of the stairs. Uh, the stairway was, was pretty packed, and it, right about that point, I don't know whether it was a police officer or somebody else said, they're right behind us. Run. For me, the thing that I keep thinking uh, about—and again, there there isn't a day that hasn't gone by since January 6th that at some point in the day I haven't kind of gone back and and, and picked at some little thing—but the sound of those window panes popping, um, you know, I, I won't forget that sound.
1: I won't forget that sound. How long will the sound of window panes breaking haunt the staffer? And
0: he isn't alone. There are countless people who are still living... Are you
1: living kidding with this? With
0: the how, long will these, how, how long will the staffer be, be haunted? I, I don't know. And that's not me going after the staffer. That's me looking at Representative Sissoline and saying, this is not an argument. The argument is about incitement to insurrection. Not incitement, not not inflammatory rhetoric creating the insurrection. Those are your words. Does it matter whether the the staffer has palpitations? What is this, an episode of West Wing? And every time you, he, Josh Lyman hears bells, he thinks he's getting shot again? Oh, this swing and miss this is they're giving us eight more hours of this today it's been two hours already if you're a senator in there what's going through your mind you you don't have any escapism you don't have the beauty of this show to entertain you right we're working we're doing stuff we're living our lives they're stuck there The best was uh, MSNBC was very upset. Oh, MSNBC was so upset. So upset because Josh Hawley, he wasn't sitting in the chamber below. He was in the gallery above, which was opened to allow people to engage in social distancing. uh, Oh, he's got his feet up. He's he's got his feet up. We we found Senator Josh Hawley with his feet up in the gallery. The gallery, I say, and he was he was just looking at papers. According to Josh Hawley, he was looking at legal briefs uh, of uh, from the teams about about the impeachment. I don't know if he was looking at a comic strip of Marmaduke. By the way, how old am I that I went directly to Marmaduke? He was flipping through some old family circus cartoonies. Huh. where, Where is that not me guy anyway? Where'd he go? He was there, he's not there. I guess it wasn't him. This is a strange approach. A heartstrings approach. I wish they would take a look at all the people who had their businesses destroyed. The lives lost during uh, the rioting just at the chaz chop alone but no that doesn't matter it only matters that this happens where they work not where you work that's what makes it ugly the gina carano story that's pretty ugly as well i'll get to it i'm tony counts